0: Or listening to the Washington Weekly Review. I'm the Southeast Iowa Union's Kaylin McCain. It's the week of October 1st, 2022. Our local stories this week feature a drought, Washington's railroad negotiations, and Washington County facilities, but first, the big picture. Reformed statewide regulations took effect earlier this month for homemade food sold to stores and restaurants. House Files 2431 added chocolate, jams, and spices to the list of goods illegal to sell from home kitchens. Washington County Environmental Health Director Jason Taylor said the deregulation could present public health risks. high food is
1: a big, huge thing. that Everybody wants food freedom. And uh, uh, in the bills this year, they wanted to do raw milk, also in the state of Iowa, which we... Uh, did not get raw milk. Uh, but there are states that you can buy uh, raw milk, uh, raw cheeses, anything that you want. It's, it's kind of a nationwide movement for net, for more, less regulation. And, and uh, so we're, we'll try to keep everybody safe, but it's going to be a little more difficult than it used to be.
0: Inspections for the newly established home processing license are entirely virtual. Taylor said that made enforcement difficult.
1: It's way different than like a restaurant. Now a restaurant, you know, we're looking for food safety problems uh, with uh, practices. Uh, With this home uh, food processing establishment is more records review. They said even if we see a violation, it's not a violation because if they have paperwork that states how they do it. There's so much difference between uh, the retail side Mm -hmm. that we normally do in this. You're, the law doesn't go into effect to say that they must wash their hands prior to preparing. It doesn't say they have to sanitize their products. They can use their home and kitchen. It uh, doesn't have to be smoothies and cleanable surfaces. Anything like that. It's all, you know, that's all in the food code that when it comes to a uh, restaurant, they have to follow all the food code. Yeah, and this is a very vague food code.
0: That's the big picture. Stick around for the local news right after this. For more information, go to ToddHahnConstruction.com. That's T-O-D-D-H-A-H-N-Construction.com. Washington is one of ten counties declared under a natural disaster area by the U.S. Department of Agriculture late last week. A letter from the department to the governor's office said farm operators in the area were eligible for emergency loans from the Farm Service Agency as the area's drought conditions stretched into their ninth week. Jeff Cuddeback, a farmer in central Washington County, said he was not yet sure if he'd apply for the aid, but expected it to help many in the area.
2: I, I've never looked into it, in part because in the time I've been farming, I have never had to. My family, we are blessed to have some pretty forgiving land. We've got quite a bit of black topsoil uh, on lighter soils and poorer ground, um, the hillier stuff it's pretty bad from what I'm hearing. And we've got a little bit of that, but not a lot. I'm sure there are people in Washington County that will use it, especially in the southern half of the county on the weaker soils.
0: Cutterback said the situation was worsened by a later, colder, wetter planting window this year.
2: So if you you plant into wetter conditions where the ground is still pretty tacky, it will smear the sidewalls of the furrow where the roots can't get out and establish very well, and especially if the ground is cool and damp. Corn in particular does not like that at all.
0: Washington County Emergency Management Coordinator Marissa Risen said local resources were not immediately available and encouraged people impacted to seek federal help.
2: Because it's a USDA disaster declaration, it's, you know, it's it's different than than most of The disaster declarations that I'm familiar with. I don't have a lot of involvement with this. It's more of just I share the information and, and try to make sure that the right people get this information so that they can pass it along to everybody who can benefit from it.
0: The city of Washington has sent a counteroffer to Canadian Pacific Railroad. The company is preparing for a proposed merger with Kansas City Southern that would raise local train traffic by over 300%. The company offered funding for a quiet zone, as well as payments based on how many crossings the city agreed to close. Municipal officials countered that last week, requesting a larger sum regardless of how many it closes. Mayor Jaron Rosine acknowledged that it was a big request. Uh, In front of all of you is a proposed counteroffer which, I mean, this is how it works, as I understand it. This is more than we are likely to receive, but asking for, uh, as Kelsey has said, uh, this type of counteroffer means that we would not use a single taxpayer dollar in connection to this merger and be able to do much uh, improvement to sidewalks, approaches, um, and towards potentially a quiet zone if council sees fit. Still, he said it felt reasonable. I think the proposed counteroffer I was throwing out, while aggressive as it may be, is a great way to just keep that ball rolling and then see what comes back to us. Other communities larger than us are receiving uh, more. We are a smaller community, but the impact in Washington is very high. Um, I'd say we send this proposed counter. And, and then see what comes back. Council member Bethany Glinsman said the high ask was justified by the proposed merger's outsized impact on environmental justice groups in the area.
2: In this appendix, it says 82% of the homes that are impacted within Washington are within an environmental justice block group. So they're using census data for that. But basically that means these are lower-income families or um, minority families or otherwise kind of marginalized families. And so... Um, you know, that, that could be a rationale for arguing for a bigger um, dollar value per crossing than, than what other communities are getting.
0: County supervisors agreed to hire an architect for further assessments of Orchard Hill in Washington on Tuesday. The county is considering major renovations to the offices there in a bid to relocate most of its staff using ARPA money. The move came a week after a work session where department heads voiced concern about the proposal's limited size and rooms. Cindy Anderson, head of the Veterans Affairs and General Assistance Departments, was one of those officials.
2: Well, from my conversations, there are things that were eliminated that I was told we would utilize in the design. Is everything we discussed there? and it- and if not, then it's not fitting. There's no there's no training room, slash auxiliary conference room. I don't know that everyone here agrees that 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 is workable.
0: The county has around four point two million dollars in ARPA money it could spend on the project. The total cost ranges from six point five to seven point five million dollars, according to a feasibility study. Supervisor Jack Seward Jr. said the boost motivated the decision to pursue plans, even if it doesn't cover the whole project.
2: To make things work the way you would like them to work,
1: we would still maybe have to spend some county tax money on top of that, but it would be infinitesimal compared to the $4.4 million that we've got. So it is a lot more palatable now than a little bit of county tax money when we're compared with... What we would have had to spend had we let this thing go by.
0: The move could potentially force Haycap to move from its office at the site. CEO of the community action group, Jane Drapo, said that would not be ideal.
2: I don't know that we are leaving Orchard Hill. You know, they certainly, uh, when I met with them, we talked about, you know, some different scenarios. You know, we certainly like our space that we have there, you know, and we, uh, we, it was renovated for, an early childhood environment, so, you know, it certainly suits our needs currently.
0: If the county chooses to bond for the extra cash, the decision would fall to voters. Board Chair Richard Young did not rule out that possibility. Yeah, currently, the way I see that you add all these up, we would have to do a bond. Every project. Currently. That's the local news. Stay tuned for the best in news I've heard all week, right after this. This week's show is brought to you by Café Dodici. Stop by and enjoy a stylish dining room decorated with art from around the world, or have a meal on the European-style patio. Dodici's serves lunch and dinner Wednesday through Saturday, or you can come in for Sunday brunch. Dodici's offers new specials every week. The Value Meal features a three-part lunch special for just $12.12, and the Blue Plate is a three-course dinner special for just $21.12. You can double up your savings on Thursday nights with half-off bottles of wine. Treat your senses to a gourmet meal, complete with craft cocktails, fine wines, and richly decorated ambiance, all with a view of Washington's beautiful downtown. You don't need a plane ticket to savor Italian food and award-winning cuisine. And now, the best news I've heard all week. A handful of vehicles made before 1928 spent the end of last week driving through southeast Iowa for the Red Flag Horseless Carriage Tour. Brian Desma drove a 1918 Buick on Saturday for the trip from New London to Brighton. He said he was enjoying his first time at the annual event.
1: Uh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's, it's kind of like a little time machine. Well, you just, you know, it's not like driving a modern car. It kind of puts you back in a different place. It slows things down a little bit. I mean, you're going 30 miles an hour through the countryside, and you just see things that you would normally pass up.
0: Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is property of the Southeast Iowa Union, which is owned by the Gazette. Call 319-653-2191 to buy an ad read, or support us for free by sharing a link to this week's episode. Our first episode of Washington Weekly Review went live September 27 of last year, so this week marks our one-year anniversary. We are so grateful to everyone supporting, sharing, and listening to the show. It's been a big year, and it's been a real joy to explore this format with y'all, truly thank you for tuning in. This has been the Washington Weekly Review, and I have been Kaylin McCain. Have a happy National Newspaper Week!